Hello, hello, hello. It's David's podcast show. It's absolutely savage, and it's David's podcast show. All right, lads, how's it going? Welcome to Absolutely Savage. And in this week's episode, I'm actually talking to an old friend, uh, someone I went to college with, uh, Mr. Glenn Hennessy. So Glenn is uh, an interesting guy. He um, he knows an awful lot about current affairs, politics, things like that. Um, this week's episode, I don't want to make this a political debate, uh, so we kind of we're kind of going to try and stay away from that in this episode, um, for the most part. But I hope you enjoy it. Uh, general, just chat we'll mention a few things here and there um mostly just having a bit of a laugh um he's a he's a fairly funny guy so here it is anyway myself and glenn hennessy on absolutely savage all right lads um how's it going so i'm joined now by uh mr glenn hennessy who i'm delighted to talk to after a few years how are you getting on glenn david how art thou good to talk it's been a while it's been a while um you and I used to have very um, intelligently funny conversations, I think, is the way I'd put it, when we were in college together. Would you agree? <laughs> yeah, definitely not your mainstream conversation anyway. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> That's the way I'd put it, all right. Um, so how you been anyway, man? You're looking good? I've been okay, you know. It's been a couple of years. As I said, a lot has changed. Uh I mean, sure, look, only a few small things like a global pandemic, but we'll get over it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, things happen. Uh, I was working in a warehouse for six months. It was uh, put a bit of money in the pocket, as you said. You think yeah. you're in one now yourself? And yeah, I mean, look, it was fine, but I, I got bored of it. It wasn't what I wanted to do. So I want to pursue broadcasting. So that's the long term aim anyway. So we'll see where it goes. Yeah, you're the same as myself. Um, I fell out of the broadcasting loop there for, um, I'd say, nearly about two years. Since I left college, um, I kind of fell out of the loop a bit. And now I'm kind of getting back into it, and I'm delighted that it's, it's actually... I I, it, I didn't realise how much I actually missed it, you know? Yeah, I miss it myself. I mean, I, I mean, especially now in these circumstances, when you're locked in at home, you can't do much. We're all in the same boat to an extent, like... I mean, people have other people have it worse than me. I mean, there's people that have lost people in fairness, like so. It could be worse, you know. I'm kind of complaining about nothing in a way, but um, mm. like, yeah, yeah. You think back then to that, it was like a different time. So I want to get back into it definitely. It's been hard, but look, it's getting easier now. Things are kind of improving. You can see the vaccines coming along. It's it's kind of a thing at this stage though, where I'm nearly I'm nearly after forgetting what life was like before it. You know, I don't know if you're the same, but it's kind of gotten to a stage where I'm just. When it first came along, I was like, I don't believe it. I feel like I'm in a bad dream. But now it's actually just become, as I say, the new normal. It's become something that I'm just used to at this stage, you know? Oh, definitely. No matter how you feel about it, I think we've all become socially conditioned to an extent, like, because it's been going on now so long. Um, oh, it's crazy. I mean, I think back to how much we took for granted. But I will mm. say this, this pandemic, if one thing it has taught us, no matter what your views are, for or against or middle of the road or whatever, you, um, I mean, I think it's definitely shown what is essential, you know, and when it comes down to it, very, very little is essential, really, you know, you, you need mm. the nurses, of course you do, you need the doctors, you need the bin men, well, I would say the bin person, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're just going to get murdered now, then, <laughs> um, yeah, the bin person, little things like that, but it just goes to show how much uh, we have that really doesn't matter. <laughs> I know, and 
it's it's a strange one because I was saying it there a few weeks ago. Um, I was interviewing uh, someone as well, and I was talking about uh, this pandemic compared to other world pandemics that have happened. We've had it easy overall. Now, I'm not saying like obviously, if anyone's been personally affected by this pandemic, it's awful, and I'm not you know demeaning that. But I mean, as a general, um, general people don't have it that bad from the point that even when we were in lockdown, the first bad lockdown we got. It was mostly just sitting at home watching Netflix, things like that, which is to- like I, I didn't like I, I was off for three months, unfortunately, because of COVID um, and I was stuck watching stuff. But like it's it's not that bad. You know, when you actually think of what when like the Spanish flu, people were dying, a lot more people were dying. People it, it was it was a lot harder to avoid um, a virus. We're more educated now, you know. Oh, we're much more privileged even now. I mean, like, I suppose um, when you compare it to the Spanish flu, you're comparing it to a time where there was no air travel. There was no, you know, basic level of healthcare. If you got it, you got it. And that was it, unfortunately. Probably in a lot of cases, you wouldn't even have known you had it. Mm. Um, people didn't have cars. People didn't have technology. But look, at the same time, it was okay for a small bit. You know, it was okay for the first month or so. A couple of mm. months, you know, it was okay as well. But then you can, there is, at the end of the day, there is only so much eating and drinking and uh scrolling and reading and what ha- what have not whatever mm. you're into to do you need to get back out there because you know we're all social creatures so i know and it's so strange like i remember like for a while there things were gotten had gotten very lax like when we were in level two uh from the point that we could go for you could go for a point with somebody um now it's kind of getting back into that again like i'm going out later on uh, for a meal with my uh, girlfriend you know like things like that we can do these things again which is good but it's such like to think that the the social activities that we used to take part in before, like even down to a little thing like blowing out candles, like you're spitting onto a cake. Do you know what I mean? It's mad. Like <laughs> that's it. A lot of it's just double standards. It's quite ironic, really. Um, I mean, like the lockdowns are they're great and all that. Like they work. They they technically do work. Mm. I mean, you lock people into their house. And people can't go anywhere. Yeah, the virus isn't going to spread much, really, if we're all doing it. But the problem is they're not practical. There's too many um, negative consequences between uh, mental health and uh, job losses and everything else. Mm. So that's very lighthearted stuff there, you know. <laughs> but one thing that I couldn't understand, and maybe you might agree here, is there were certain things, like in this lockdown, because we know more now, there were certain things that were shut down, like gyms. Like, in my opinion, a gym is an essential service. Like, that's a mental health. It's it's physical health. And I get I get the argument of you're in contact with people. But with the gym I go to anyway, for example, we have to wash down all our machines. We have to keep distance. You can't have a machine next to somebody like a treadmill or a bike or whatever. You have to stay away from each other. And I thought that was working good because it is good for your, like, your mental and physical health is very important, you know? That's true. And have you, have you realized since the start, there's, there's like no end to this, like, Okay, we're at the stage now where, okay, we're improving again No Cases are down for Christmas. But we'll get back into it then in January. Probably be back at step one. I, I don't trust people. I'll be straight up. I, I'm, I'm pessimistic. I think people will screw it up in the next few weeks. You but can help it. Then yeah. you've got the vaccine and, you know, you've got all these conspiracy theories. No, there's no end to it. It's like, it's like uh, you're entering into uh, just an endless pit, really. <laughs> yeah, and... When you see, but the thing is, right, is not no matter what's going on ever, there's always going to be people who disagree. And that's, that's the thing about people is I know it depends on your form of a day. You can say, oh, we're such, you know, unique creatures, all of us, and we're all so different. But then in situations where people are denying that this disease is there, you're kind of thinking, 
you know on a day when you're pessimistic you're like oh that's that's just ridiculous why are people so why are people so fucking stupid basically you know it's crazy too because there was so many signs was going to happen i suppose most people didn't see it coming but um you know there has there have been people for a few years now telling us look this is going to happen this is what's going to bring us down and here we are it's it's bizarre really but look at the end of the day let's take from the good from the good it's been an experience um the good from the bad i can't talk english anymore you have to take the good from the bad and look it's not all bad it serves a purpose um it hasn't been easy but look you have to do what you have to do and it hasn't been the end of the world you know we'll, we'll get out of it we'll recover definitely and i think one as you were saying earlier about essential things i think this christmas in particular we're going to know what's very important like health, family, things that I'm delighted to be healthy. I'm delighted I haven't gotten the disease. Um, I I hope to you know keep it away and uh, you know, well yeah. I I don't I don't I I hope to not experience it because I do believe in it. I do think it's it's not a nice disease to have. Obviously, if you're a young healthy person, you're less likely to be badly affected. But it's still not a nice thing to get. It's still not a nice disease to have out there. Um, and it's a strange time, like. Because for, for other viruses we've had over the years, like, for example, the the uh, swine flu, flu ah, I can't speak English myself, the swine flu virus that was in 2009. And I remember there was a bit of panic about that, but I remember, like, people not taking it half as seriously. Because I remember when the coronavirus came along first, I was like, that'll be the same as the swine flu. All we have to do is wash our hands, keep, you know, like, just wash your, you just basically just have more precautions in place. And, yeah, it actually stopped the world. It's mad. Yeah, um, I mean, look, like, it's taught us a lot, there's no doubt about it. Um, personally, like, I know it's complicated, a lot of people might disagree with me and say, you know, you're too black and white, but I think with a pandemic, it is it is all or nothing. Like, you, you either close everything or you don't. There's no kind of, you know, all right, we leave some things open. It doesn't really work like that, because it affects everything all the time. So... Look, we've been taking that approach, but I mean, we're kind of taking the piss now, like, to be honest, to an extent. Like, we can't keep locking down. It's just, it's yeah. not sustainable. We're, we're already screwed economically as a country. Mm. And I will say this, at the start of March, like, which, uh, it's strange enough, it actually feels like a different time now as well, going back to March. But um, we were all in this together. Like, it sounds very mm. cliche, but um, we were at the time because we didn't know most of what we know now even. But no, we're not, definitely. In mm. terms of the virus, we are. But in terms of the economy, we're not. I mean, if you're in the public sector, if you're a teacher or something like that, you're still going to get paid whether you're working or not. But mm. anyone in the private sector, it's, it's fair game, really. And this is where it gets kind of, um, I wouldn't say ugly, that might be a bit too strong of a word for it, but this is where it gets a bit difficult, is where when the economy does start to break down, that's when more, you know, like we're, as you say at the start, we're all in this together it gets to a point where people stop being together because of economic situations, other, you know, things like that factors are taking place. People are losing their businesses as well. You know, that's, 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 that's what, that's what's been happening. Like, um, it's, uh, it's, it's not sustainable. As I said, it can't go on forever. Like it was fine at the start. It was very easy to say, you know, we're one nation. Yeah. We're all in this together. We're one people, but, uh, eventually, eventually you got to show something. And, uh, it hasn't been happening. But I will say this, right? And I'm not a conspiracy theorist by any stretch of imagination, and I'm completely pro-vaccine. But I'm sorry. I know science progresses and all that, but every other vaccine has taken a long time. Hmm. This one has just come along like that. Like, 
And mm. I just think it's too quick. It's it's a pure money game. That's all it is for the private companies. And look, I'm not afraid of it. I'd be the first in line to get it. But I mean, I'm a bit, uh, I'm a bit uh, cynical to be honest. And I can understand that, and I can, I, I, I do actually appreciate. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, of course. I'm the same as yourself. I think that's ridiculous. Vaccines do work. You need vaccines. You get vaccines when you're a baby, for example. Um, you get different shots as you get older. You need vaccines. People need them to survive. They need them for health. You can see it in other poorer countries where they don't have the medical science to to support um, health th- that they suffer as a result. So we are in a privileged position to say, you know, we've gotten the vaccine vaccinations that we need. But I do understand people's skepticism about this because we're in we're in the stage where we're uncertain about everything anyway. You know, like things are. It's a big scary time, so you're probably very untrusting of a lot of things. You know, it's a big mystery. Yeah. Um, the thing is, like, it's strange because you've got this vaccine now. You've got all these companies. Obviously, there's differences in their vaccines, but there has to be one common denominator. Obviously, like for it to work. And then you've got governments all over the world pushing it as well. So it's bizarre. It's a bizarre time. Like it's like people don't care. It's just get. Can we get what we what we can get? Like and uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy. We'll see what'll happen. Hopefully now it'll um it'll work out because this has been going on for a long time. And uh, sure look, we'll see what comes. Very serious for a lighthearted show. <laughs> I know. Um. Oh yeah. But we're we're just. I think we're only just talking about what what we see and stuff. But we kind of go like. I wonder when things do, like, let's just say when coronavirus is essentially eliminated. I don't know if it ever can be or whatever, but let's just say it's not a threat anymore. It's It becomes, it, it basically the virus dies, We basically is what I'm saying. Will we ever go back to the way we were or have we learned? Like, I wonder, like, because people always say like, oh, you know, we've learned lessons and like even the environment is doing a lot better as a result. Will we go back to the way we were? Will we be hugging and kissing each other again? Will we be doing all that kind of stuff? Will we... You know, things like that. Like, will we learn from this? Like, you know? Well, that's true. I, I, I think we will definitely go back to the way we were in terms of holding hands, hugging, kissing, being in crowds. Uh, but the only thing is, it's the other side of that. It's the hygiene and all that. Will we learn our lesson? Because, I mean, that's ultimately what brought us down. It took a long, long time. But eventually, you know, the shit hit the fan and, yeah, things went south. So, I don't know. That's a tough question. I've heard people like Bill Maher, who I'm sure you know, over yeah. in America, say that no, it's going to take more than one. It could take two or three. Uh, so I don't know. Like it's a rare enough occurrence anyway. Mm. I mean, this is the first one now in a hundred years. But we have to be ready for the next one. I think we can't keep having this repeat itself. It's just too. Uh, it's too much. It's mad. It is mad. And like, it's it's funny to think before COVID because I remember you know people were saying like when when it first came along, people were like, okay, wash your hands, keep you know like don't be touching your uh, your face, don't be putting your fingers in your mouth, whatever. You'd be surprised, though, and I do remember. Now, I was always somebody out of habit that would wash my hands after going to the toilet or something. But you'd to think back to a time, like, people used to just walk out of the toilet not washing their hands, which, pandemic or no pandemic, is fucking disgusting anyway. Ugh. You know what I mean? That's but it's such That's a common thing. It's a very common thing. Do you know? That's what I mean. People call me a germaphobe. I mean, I'm just, I think of myself as kind of, dirty clean if you know what i mean yeah there's just some things okay yeah there's some things we have to live with there's bacteria there's germs everywhere that we can't see but it's just uh in terms of um like yeah wash your hands when you go to the toilet you know you're disgusting if you don't um 
yeah, you don't want the rest of that food. That's okay. You can give it to the dog or you can throw it out to the birds. I'm not eating the rest of the food off that plate. You're fine. You know, I'm, I'm completely, I'm very bad that way. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I keep to myself in terms of all that kind of stuff, but uh, I don't know, man. It's, it's, geez, it's the million dollar question. It's impossible to answer. Uh, so we won't have to worry anyway. We won't be around, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if we'll learn from this. I don't know. I don't know. You you would have been called a germaphobe before this pandemic, but now I think it's safe to say that people like you were doing the right thing, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I just, if anyone sneezes around me or anything, I freak out, you know? Oh, man. Mm, and it's mad. And because before this pandemic, like coughing or sneezing around someone, now obviously you shouldn't be sneezing in someone's direction anyway, whatever. But coughing and sneezing is something that would have been purely normal. Even even I would have coughed in front of someone, coughed into my hand or coughed into you know into my elbow or something before. But now, if I'm in a public place and I feel a cough coming on, I'm like, repress it, don't let it out. You know what I mean? Because you just it's it's a social thing now of people looking at you, going like, do you have it? Do you have the Rona? Like, you know, it's that kind of thing. You know, the world's gone mad. The world's gone mad. <laughs> I mean, the masks, as you brought up there at the start, that's another mm. thing. I mean, look, ultimately wearing a mask is a choice. It's up to yourself. Whether you do or don't, it's going to affect things. I mean, it's a pandemic. I think you should. I actually think, right, you might think this is a bit far-fetched. Well, we have a mask mandate in this country, but I think it should be put in everywhere. I think we actually have a civic duty to wear a mask. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, uh, like, I think they're a nuisance, especially Mm. for someone who wears glasses. Anyone can relate who wears glasses. But, um, they do work. That's the thing. Like They work. It's been proven. The more you wear a mask, the less the virus spreads. Well, there's nobody ever wants to wear a mask. Um, it's for protection. And it's it's showing compassion. It's human compassion. And I actually find that I feel, I feel safe for myself. And I'm actually gotten to a stage now where if somebody's not wearing a mask around me in a place, in, in, a, in a workplace or in a shop or something, and they're talking to me, I would be likely to say, do you mind putting on a mask, please? You know, like it's, it's a safety thing. And I genuinely feel more safe, you know? That's what I, that's what I mean. I mean, you see these anti-maskers, like they're giving out, you know, it's my freedom not to wear a mask, but that's true, I suppose, to an extent, but that's the choice you're making, you know, not to wear the mask in terms of the virus. You've got no case. You're talking nonsense. You don't know what you're talking about. You're an idiot. (laughs) I mean, masks have been around forever, like, and they definitely, it's been proven, even the Spanish flu, as we were talking about, they came in handy then, so. Well, the way I put it to someone, too, is that, like, people who say, oh, masks aren't that effective, why do surgeons wear them when they're, when they're performing surgery? Why do doctors wear them in a situation where they're not trying to infect somebody? And it's actually a cultural difference here in the Western world, right? And in Asia, for example, they cannot, because I always, I don't know if you're the same, right? But if I ever saw... Uh, somebody from China or somebody somebody from Asia, somebody from Japan, anywhere. It's an Asian thing that even if somebody has a bit of a cold to wear a mask, you know? And I used to think that that was a thing of, I'm afraid of your germs. I thought they were being insulted. Like, I was actually kind of insulted by that until I learned that it's a thing where they don't want to infect other people. That's what they're doing. They're actually just being sound by saying, I have a cold, I don't want to give it to you. When you think of it, you know. That's true, that's true. Where that ultimately stems from, though, was the whole air pollution issue over there. But still, like, it doesn't matter. The fact that they're all wearing masks, it has a positive effect in the pandemic. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're right to an extent. I mean, it is a cultural issue, definitely, between the Western world and uh, 
the Middle East and Asia and all that. But at the same time, it's 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 quite it's close to the home too because if you look at America, like they're in every country really, especially in America. Like there's so many anti-maskers, you know, gun-toting. Mm. Uh, oh, I can't think of a politically correct term. We'll just say uh, citizens. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Um, you know, like come on, you know. It's the difference in culture there again though between Ireland and America we don't even know what social issues we have social issues in Ireland don't get me wrong I'm not demeaning them but compared to America compared to even we were on about the election there earlier when we were just talking uh, the election that just happened um, where Donald Trump uh, was defeated by Joe Biden in the election and you see what struck me straight away now I always knew there was you know um, as you say gun uh, trigger happy people gun enthusiasts in america we're trying to be politically correct here um gun enthusiasts but i saw a man interviewed by uh sky news um african-american man he was holding an assault rifle out on the street and uh the news um reporter went over to him and asked him a question uh she was from england and she said in my country the police don't even carry guns how does it like how do you justify walking around with a gun and what the man said was as an African-American man, I actually don't feel safe not having a gun. Isn't that insane? Like, the, so the difference there. Now, we're not going to go into this it's the, uh, thing too much, I suppose, because it's, uh, to say, we're trying to keep this a bit more, you know, oh, we're having a bit of fun. But it's just a mad difference, you know? It's the only country in the world where they have that problem. And I'm not going to go too much into it, obviously, because, look, it's lighthearted, and we'd be here all day anyway talking about it. Mm. But... The fact that he's African-American and he said that, I believe it. I mean, I would hate, I would hate to be a black person living in America. Mm. Every time you go out, like, I live in fear anyway. I mean, it's true, like, but, um, yeah, yeah, go on. Go what ahead. I was going to say there is, I think, and, and this isn't that it doesn't deserve to be talked about because, you know, there was the issues in the summer of, uh, of the George Floyd, where George Floyd was um, killed and there is all those issues. But I just feel this isn't something I want to talk about too much on this show because I feel like as two white lads here, I don't know if we can really give a proper insight into it. Not to saying that it's not an an actual issue, it is. And I do definitely want to have a proper um, kind of podcast discussion with with, with a black person about this issue. But I think as, as for now, I think we might leave it because I don't think we're in a position really to talk too much about it. You know what I mean? We don't understand really too much, you know? No, no, no. We're, we're judging it, looking in from the outside. We can't relate to it at all. Mm. Um, but yeah, look, it's uh, the police culture is certainly different. Um, and as you said, social issues, just to move on from that now, but I just, um, in terms of social issues, it's, um, as you said, we can't even relate to what's going on. Like, mm. we're such a small country with such a small population. See, this is not going to be a popular thing to say, right? But... In Ireland, with COVID-19 especially, we could, we don't really need to know because we have a vaccine on the way, but we could have actually taken the herd immunity approach because mm. we're such a small population. But over there, you couldn't do it. Millions of people would die. Mm. Definitely. And yeah, it's a controversial issue, um, obviously, herd immunity, things like that. Uh, but it's definitely, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. Um, so we'll move on from that, but we're going to talk about something that's also a bit of a social issue is um, Donald Trump. The man is out. He's not out of the White House. I sort of know him, yeah. I sort of know him. 
Heard the name once or twice. But isn't it amazing that after four years... See, and I remember we were talking when Donald Trump got elected and we thought, this is very funny. You know, that a man... Like, I didn't expect him to win that election. You didn't expect him to win it. I don't think anyone expected him to win the election. Looking back in hindsight, it seems like something that was quite... It seems like it seems like it was coming, definitely. But after four years of Americans experiencing uh, the Trump administration, I think they definitely have learned what they, they they tried something out and learned these are the consequences for electing a man with that mentality. You know? Yeah, he was a very different character in many ways. He had no filter. He was, you know, the businessman president. Which you know, unfortunately, that whole that whole concept now has been put into practice. It has failed. You know, you can't really run a government like a business. Unfortunately, they're two different things. A business is for profit. So the government is there to take care of the people. Mm. Polar opposites, really. <laughs> He's don't get me wrong. He definitely brought um, he broke you know conventional expectations. Anyway. I wasn't shocked when he won. I thought anything was possible, really. Um, but yeah, look, he had his chance. I actually was surprised when Biden beat him. I really didn't think um, Biden mm. was going to pull through. I thought he was a weak candidate. Yeah, I don't find him very exciting, but he did it. You know, people just had enough. And it's a strange one because I'm not the biggest fan of Joe Biden either. But I definitely think, I I definitely think that. With the coronavirus pandemic and the way America handled it, Trump did not take the virus seriously. And I think that's what actually got him defeated in the end. Now, there's obviously all the all the other things. But we'll say, for example, I think people, even people who were Trump supporters, who understood this virus and were the ones who were afraid of what it was, surely couldn't appreciate the way he handled it, you know? That's, yeah, it's crazy. I was actually going to make that point. Um, the thing with Trump is with the pandemic, if he had just implemented the basic policies at the start, no, I know there would have been liberal things to do, but look, they would have saved people, you know, um, like the mask mandate and, you know, mandatory testing, different situations and all that. He probably would have gotten reelected, but he did nothing. And mm. look, we're seeing this play out every day now. It's what? It's nearly yeah, it's heading for three hundred thousand day. Yeah, and that's that's scary. Like, um, and I think I think that's what where people got the issue was that they had to say, okay, it was fun to have Donald Trump for a while. Uh, this is what some people were thinking anyway. It was fun to have this man who was anti-establishment, who speaks his mind because that's what a lot of people want. Though it's not necessarily right, but that's what a lot of people want is they want somebody who's not afraid to question things. And that's the issue. But the issue you have to ask yourself is the president's job isn't to be anti-establishment. And that's the issue, do you know? Yeah, Trump definitely, even though the irony of it, right? You know, someone who's really poor voting for the, the billionaire who lives in the gold tower with the gold toilet. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, look, I mean, he definitely tapped into something because there, um, there was a lot of pain in America. I mean, Obama definitely wasn't... Well, I don't think, anyway, he lived up to what he made himself out to be in 2008. I thought he was a very mediocre president. He did some good things, but ultimately he was very just 
middle of the road, really. Um, yeah. But Trump definitely tapped into that then. And it worked. It worked for a while. And Trump, I mean, look, like he was anti-establishment, but it was, like he wasn't really, you know what I mean? When he went out in front of a crowd, yeah, you know, I'm like you, I'm with you, I'm for you. But he wasn't really like that in practice. I mean, he's a rich no. guy. All he cares about is his bottom line. And that's the thing, like, and he... But the the issue I had with him was he was a bit of a loose cannon. A bit of a loose cannon is, 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 is a nice way to say it. But what I mean is that, like, for example when he told people in the summer to uh, to drink bleach because he heard it, it can kill the virus. And there was actually people in Texas that were admitted to hospital, grown men that were drinking bleach. That's insanity. Could you have pictured 10 years ago, if you said to somebody, yeah, the president of America said, um, we should drink bleach. That's insanity. Do you know? Well, the fact that you put it like that, no, actually, I couldn't picture it. You have you ever heard of the saying uh, "only in America"? <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah, and I don't think it's happened anywhere else. <laughs> and like, and as I say, there is like I know people in America. Like I've I've family in America, and they're genuinely uh, very compassionate people, very intelligent, and that actually think about these things. And for them to have to look at their leader behaving like he was must be upsetting. As you say, there is a lot of people who who think the same thing. But the problem is with Donald Trump and somebody like Donald Trump is that they inspire people to act out to people. Like, for example, not like refusing to concede uh, defeat in an election. Like the, the way people reacted was pure. Oh, we're the ones that are doing the right thing. People are trying to get Donald Trump out like it's it's a conspiracy, all this kind of stuff. And it's scary to think that one man could inspire so many people to think like that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm actually disappointed with Trump as a man. This might sound strange, no? Mm. Because he's, like, yeah, he like the way he carries on and the things he says and his manner and everything else, you think, you know, this guy's off his head. But you can tell by looking at him as well, you know, he's got a, a pretty nice flair to him. He's got a nice charm. And... He could have been that nice guy if he wanted to be, but no, he's gone down, you know, the all guns blazing, tough guy. And I'm just disappointed with that, you know, because if you look at him when he was younger and stuff, he definitely, he wasn't bad looking and he seemed, you know, more likable. But yeah, oh, yeah like he I helped, don't know, it's kind yeah. of sad that he's old and he's gone that direction. Yeah, like he helped uh, Kevin McAllister find the lobby in um, Home Alone too. So like, exactly, you know, that was a big deal. It was, yeah. Um, no, the thing I would think is that he showed himself incredibly poorly um in the election and joe biden just ate that up because he hey he voter, purely, fraud, voter fraud exactly like he purely refused to concede like the thing is about donald trump though is he's actually been institutionalized his whole life in a lot of ways as in he never like he's always been a rich boy i don't think anyone has ever really said no to him all his life and I think with this election this was the first time in his life where genuinely people were like no you're gone like in his business ventures he just fired someone who disagreed with him do you know what I mean <laughs> well you can see it he can't he's not taking it well I mean um he's as you said he's been institutionalized so he only knows one thing and I think you know if that's the way it is that's it's going to lead to very bad outcomes long term so that's what's happened a lot of it too is bravado and it's all show really, you know, 
Um, mm. He's never really had to lift a finger. So that's easy for him. But the fact now that he, he was a leader and he was in charge of so many things and so many people and the people have had enough and they're like, nah, you know, he's he's livid. <laughs> That's the thing, like, and it's it's mad. It's it, it is kind of funny. Like, it's funny to look at from the outside, and I'm looking at it from the point that I didn't have to look at that man as my leader. Um, from the point that you can look up his compilations on YouTube and you can laugh or whatever, and it's very funny. Um, you know what you should check out actually is uh, him singing Green Acres at the Emmys. Have you ever seen that? I have, but I'll check out again. It's been a while. Yeah, it rings a bell. It rings a bell. Um, yeah, he sang it with uh, Megan Mullaney from uh, from uh, what was the name of the show? Will and Grace was it? Yeah, Will and Grace. Yeah. And my because it was my buddy he said it to me a few weeks ago. He's like, "Did you know that song Green Acres?" And I heard the song, all right. And he's like, "Donald Trump sang that one time." I was like, "Fuck off!" He did not, did he? And it's actually. Oh a yeah, video. I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. You no, know? it was like um, two thousand. Yeah, I remember that. Mm, that's a good few yeah, years ago. Yeah, it was the same time he was in the uh, department store at Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani was dressed up as a woman. I remember that. <laughs> Rudy Giuliani is a fucking goblin. I actually cannot look at that man and not, like, actually physically be like, what a disgusting... Not, not, just a horrible man in general, really. Like, And I'm not trying to... You know, I'm not sure. As I say, I know we went down the lighthearted route. We didn't end up going down the lighthearted route, but I genuinely think he's such... <laughs> an ignorant man like he's he's cursed i mean look at what's happened to him in the last few weeks he's got tan dripping down his face he booked <laughs> the wrong place for the um that was hilarious press conference <laughs> that was hilarious because i didn't know why they were outside when he was doing the press conference i was like this is very strange to see this um you know for an american election and for people who don't know, um, I may get this wrong. He actually booked a hotel in Florida, was it? No, it was in Philadelphia, I think. In Philadelphia, he yeah, sorry. the Four Stars, the Four Seasons Hotel. Yeah. And he ended up booking a gardening centre by accident, <laughs> which is in between a funeral home and a strip club, by the way. <laughs> That's, do you know what, though? I think that was a huge PR disaster because America is still one of those countries that's still very traditional values kind of for the most part. Even people who are quite liberal in America are still very much about traditional values. And for that kind of, that scandal to be about the man who's supposed to be representing the Republican party, the grand old party, the traditional party, that's a, that's a a huge PR disaster. Like, yeah, well, wasn't a good look, especially for the guy who was, you know, proclaimed to the hero on nine 11, um, he's definitely mm. gone downhill but uh, look all these guys it's, it's coming to an end now they have to accept it's it's over in January but yeah. um, look we'll see what Biden will do I don't think he'll be anything special personally but he could surprise us we'll see the one thing I'll say about Joe Biden is that at least he's a bit presidential though at least he's a bit like he's diplomatic in public even the way he handles the election like where he you know there was a stage in the in the voting where he thought he might lose he was still very, you know, professional, quite, um, quite like, like he def- definitely believes in a system of democracy. And you have to ask, like, with the way Trump was acting during those few weeks there is very totalitarian, like dictator. Like that's, that's not a good image for America. And there was actually Mitt Romney, you know, Mitt Romney, of course. Um, he came out, uh, he was doing an interview. I was watching it on uh, CNN where he actually said, we have to like President Trump's going to have to be more diplomatic because the whole world is watching America and 
we want the whole world to have faith in our democratic system, like you know. Yeah, he let the country down. You know, it's 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 a shame because yeah, he's the leader of America, but you know, we live in a global village now, really, in terms of trade and everything else. And I just think he failed. You know, I think that's going to be his legacy. Um, he's just going to go to Mar-a-Lago now and golf for the rest of his life, and you know, Melania is going to divorce him, and we're going to forget it ever happened. <laughs> And it's mad, like, because, no, the thing is, I suppose, he can just say, yeah, I was president, whatever, like, and that'll be the life he had or whatever. But, yeah, as you say, can you look back on his presidency? No, there's, it depends who you ask. There's a lot of people in America that still believe, like, oh, no, his presidency was was fantastic. He did he did so much. Look how much jobs there is, all this kind of stuff. And, like, you know, whatever. I I don't live in America. I can't speak for whether that's true or whether it's not. But from what I learned from our news sources, as he'd call it, fake news, whatever, it didn't seem like there was definitely civil unrest got a lot worse in America because of his presidency. He did not try to unite people, you know. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was mostly through his his words that, you know, he kind of started the pot and yeah, definitely didn't have good outcomes. But uh we we should definitely start taking bets now, and I definitely think it's going to happen. Some people will probably disagree. Um, when's Melania going to divorce him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't know. I suppose whatever uh, whatever he has. Um, well, there's happened, rumors you know. she's going to get fifty million. So fifty million. He's yeah, it's a multi-billionaire. That's not a bad. It's not a bad um, <laughs> few. I suppose look, she'd be happy enough for 50, 50 million. Um, yeah, it's 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 a strange like. You look at his life and you look at the situation he's in and all the rest, and it's it's kind of fitting that it's that's the way his presidency ended, you know? It's almost like it's like the end of a movie when a villain has a bad ending, you know, as in such an embarrassing ran out of town, embarrassed, like it's good to see, do you know what I mean? Well, have you ever heard the saying live by the sword, die by the sword, you know? Yeah. Exactly. It's so true. What goes around comes around. You know, you get involved in bad stuff. Eventually, something bad's going to happen to you. It's proven true time and time again. And everything, uh, nothing can last forever, especially something like that. You know. No, all empires fall. I mean, it was a really such um, such a blaringly obvious, you know, mess. I think, like, it was definitely a, a, a scenario of you know, the emperor has no clothes. Yeah, <laughs> purely. He was yeah. getting away with stuff for so long, but eventually, then it's all gonna come falling down. I have um family in America uh, that I'm very very close with. Um, and I was talking to them about Joe Biden and the election. Uh, now they were big fans of Kamala Harris, who I actually I actually do I like Kamala Harris a lot. Um, I do think she could possibly. I think that's probably what the route they're going down is. She's probably going to run herself eventually. Um. It's great to see that the first female vice president is a woman of color as well. That's that's good to see. It's good to see that, that society is progressing like that, you know. Um, but they were talking about that situation and they were saying for the first time in four years, again, they feel like they, they feel like the world makes sense again. Do you know, the, the, the world with Donald Trump as the president of America did not make sense, you know. Oh, no, it was a minefield from start to finish. I mean, at least... If there's one little thing that we can take from this, at least in the next four years, we're going to get some peace and quiet. Jesus Christ, it's not twenty four seven scandal. Like, even on RTE news, Irish broadcasters like 
when Barack Obama was president of America, the man was not in the news every single day. I And I don't watch the news every day. But definitely any time I even went into someone's house and the six o'clock news was on, there was some scandal about Donald Trump saying something or doing something or... An affair, money, yeah, could be anything. Always something about him, you know? And uh, yeah, as you say, we're going to get some peace and quiet. At least there's... Like, whatever you can say about Joe Biden, whether you like him or not, at least he's some bit stable, <laughs> you know, where he stands. You know what I mean? Oh, look, I can relate to Donald Trump to an extent. I mean, I, I'm mental. You're mental. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, you know, there's a limit and eventually you've got to show something. But, you know, the hilarious thing about Donald Trump is he's pretty much been accused of everything. Like, I mm. mean, here's the guy who, well, this is something that he did. Do you ever see the sketch with Satya Baron Cohen? Um, is it the one with Ali G, is it? Ali G, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it the was like the Nogis. Like obviously it was a disaster and you could tell that Ali G was you know completely taking the piss but he was going on about how he was going to make this epic ice cream company and Trump wasn't having any of it <laughs> and Trump was like you know I'm out of here I'm done have a yeah. good time he's a New York businessman he's got his stuff going on I have and, stuff to do. and he was like you know don't steal my he's like don't steal my uh, my idea for an ice cream business and Trump was like I promise I won't and he actually did, like, three days later, three yeah. years later, he created Trump ice cream. <laughs> Stop. Did he actually, because I've seen that interview, but I didn't know that he actually stole the fucking idea. That's insane. It was on The Apprentice. Yeah, it was on The Apprentice. <laughs> oh, my God, that's actually mad. Have you seen um, Borat, uh, the, sec- the sequel to Borat? I haven't yet. I-, I saw the Rudy Giuliani clip, but I want to watch yeah. the movie. You should yeah. definitely check that out. Uh, that's disgusting about Rudy Giuliani. Uh by the way, for people who don't know, I'm not going to go into it too much because it's it is a touchy subject. But basically, there's a scene where like like Borat is it's like it's hidden camera shit. Like as in the guy he's a character, Sasha Baron Cohen plays characters, but he had his daughter in the movie, who in real life is uh, she's 23 years of age, but in the in the movie she was playing a 15 year old girl. Uh, yeah. journalist who was interviewing Rudy Giuliani, and I just found he was creepy towards her anyway. But there's a scene where she brings him into the bedroom, um, yes. trying to catch him out, I'd say. But at the same time, the man sticks his hand down his pants and he claims he was fixing his shirt. That's the statement he gave is I was fixing my shirt. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I usually fix my uh, shirt standing up. But anyway, um, look, like, how could you actually be that dumb? I mean, that's not a thing mm. where a beautiful blonde journalist, you know, sparks all this interest in you out of nowhere. I mean, come on. like. <laughs> I know, and then the genuine question you have to ask yourself after is how many girls did he get away with doing things, you know, like that with, you know, and it is, it's an awful thing to think about, but it's good to see that somebody like him was caught out, you know what I mean, or doing something like that, it's a bad, it's a good PR, it's a PR disaster for him as well, you know. Yeah, I mean, I know Trump's an idiot, but there's no way Trump would be that dumb, he'd be smarter than that. (laughs) Possibly, anyway. Um yeah, so I think we've talked the shit out of this uh, American situation anyway, to be honest. We have. It's been a very light-hearted, uh, <laughs> rosy in the garden conversation. Mm, yeah, definitely. Um, Glenn, it's been a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. It's been great to be so on such a prestigious, high-end <laughs> podcast as yours. Thanks very much, Glenn. Uh, you're getting your own podcast going, are you? Or you're thinking of doing something like that yourself? I was you? just about to say, there's a bit of irony in what I'm about to do, but look... Uh, 
your podcast is perfect too just to let you know before i say it i uh, just want to plug a podcast that myself and sean ryan actually will have coming in the next couple of months very good very good i'm a big fan of sean yeah. as well yeah we're still working on it but look we'll get there and it'll be something special well hopefully hopefully anyway um when covid starts to settle and stuff like that you can meet up more easily and stuff that you know to do your recording uh things like that i'll definitely be listening in on that um best of luck with that glenn uh you're a very um you're also what i'm looking for you're, you're you're very good at getting a general conversation going to be fair to you is what i give you um as in i didn't have to do an awful lot of work today you made my job quite easy so thanks for that and the best of luck to you with your own podcast okay no problem have me on again no bother, Glenn. Take care.